If you are a regular listener to my sermon podcast, I wanted to introduce you to a new resource we are putting together at Spirit of Joy called Six Minute Faith. Uh, We just released a bonus episode of Six Minutes of Faith in the Middle of a Pandemic, uh, talking about what it means for us to have faith in the middle of all the things that are happening in our world right now. I'd invite you to give that episode a listen coming up right now. Uh, If you enjoy it, search your podcast for the number Six Minute Faith. Again, that's the number Six Minute Faith, and you can also find the program on Facebook. Check one, two. Welcome, I'm Pastor David Hansen, and this is Six Minute Faith from Spirit of Joy Lutheran Church. So, I'm over here getting ready for the launch of Six Minute Faith, our new podcast, and I'm writing and reading about the Bible, preparing Bible bites for our first episode when, bam, the world goes nuts. The world has a way of doing that, doesn't it? Of just kind of going off the rails. It's really inconvenient, and I wish someone would talk to the world about that. But until then, here we are. And in the middle of all the bad news, the panic, the fear, and the preparations, we need some good news. So, here we go. Before we've officially gotten underway, a bonus episode, Six Minutes of Faith in the Midst of Panic. I was gathered for breakfast this morning with a group of my friends, and we were talking about how we were all doing with this stuff happening around us. And a few people had expressed that they were beginning to get a bit worried when another jumped in. There's nothing to worry about, you know, he said. I just don't find worry helpful at all, and, you know, you'd be a lot happier if you just wouldn't worry. Uh, thanks. Listen. Never in the history of calming down has saying you should calm down actually helped anyone to calm down. No one in the history of ever has been able to turn off their worry because some helpful friend has said to them, well, you know, you shouldn't worry about that. So let's start there. Wherever you are, worried or calm, panicked or preparing, fretful or relaxed, it's okay. God loves you just the way you are right now, in this moment. That's where we always begin. We always start with the God who loves us first. So take a deep breath with me, in and out. In. And out and say, I am loved. No, no, really, in your grown up out loud voice, say, I am loved. Hmm, that's the foundation of our faith at all times. For God so loved the world, God so loves 
you. God loves me. Okay, so we've got a foundation, but next up, I want you to think about the people that are making decisions right now. Go ahead and get them in your mind. Some are school officials or pastors and priests, local officials, politicians on the local and national scale. Get those people in your mind. Now, it is easy to second-guess those people, to mock their decisions, to play armchair quarterback, but I want you to set all of that aside for just a moment. Martin Luther says to us that following the Eighth Commandment, the Eighth Commandment, right? You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Following the Eighth Commandment doesn't just mean that we should not lie about our neighbor. It also means that we are called to interpret their actions in the best possible light. So, in this case, let's all start with the assumption that each of those decision makers is doing the best that they can, in the best interest of the community that they serve, with the knowledge that they have at this moment. I mean, imagine that you were the decision maker. How would you feel being the one who had to make the call to cancel school or not cancel school, to close public buildings or not close public buildings? And more importantly, once you have made that call, how would you want people to respond to it? How would you want people to interpret your decision? Say a prayer today for the decision makers. In fact, say a prayer for the decision-makers probably tomorrow and the next day, too. So, what then do we do with our worry? In my mind, there are two ways that we can think about worry. Number one, we can assume that worry is a curse, that worry is a sign of a lack of faith. I don't know about you, but I've heard this plenty, and I, if I'm honest, I've probably been guilty of saying it. If worry is a bad thing, we try not to do it. When it bubbles up, we push it back down. We ignore it. We pretend that it isn't there because if worry is bad, who wants to admit that it's a part of how we think? But here's the problem with emotions that we push down. They have a way of bubbling back up to the surface again, often in unhealthy ways. Worry that is ignored will become misdirected fear will become undirected anger. But thankfully, there is another way to think about worry. Number two, worry is a gift. Sit with that for a minute. Worry is a gift. It hit me hard. It hit me like a ton of bricks. The first time I said that phrase out loud, worry is a gift. If we are aware of our worry, we can channel it into amazing uses. We can harness the energy and the enthusiasm of our worry to help us improve our faith in our communities. And so I'm worried, and so I turn to prayer more often. Isn't that terrible? I'm worried, and I open my scriptures more often. I'm worried, and so I check on my neighbors more often, and maybe I go run errands for them. I'm worried, and so I sit down, and I write a plan 
for what I can personally do to help keep my family and my community safer. I'm worried. And so I use that energy to do the next best thing. Tell me, friends, how will you channel your worry into a tool to make your community better? It's appropriate to end this conversation with Psalm 46. Psalm 46 reads as follows. God is our refuge and our strength, a help always near in times of great trouble. Aren't we in times of great trouble? God is our refuge and strength. That's why we won't be afraid when the world falls apart, when mountains crumble into the center of the sea, when its waters roar and rage, when the mountains shake because of its surging waves. There is a river, friends, whose streams gladden God's city, the holiest dwelling of the Most High, and God is in that city, and it will never crumble. God will help it when morning dawns. Nations will roar, kingdoms will crumble. God utters speech, the earth melts. The Lord of heavenly forces is with us. The God of Jacob is our place of safety. Come, see the Lord's deeds. Look at what devastation God has imposed on the earth, bringing wars to an end in every corner of the world, breaking the bow and shattering the spear, burning chariots with fire. That's enough. Now know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted throughout the world. The Lord of heavenly forces is with us. The God of Jacob is our place of safety.